Good morning, Grace. Hey, you were early, and that's being rewarded, because we're going to start a little early. Uh, today's a special day in our church. It's the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, where we, we really focus on and pray for believers around the world who can't do this, who can't gather publicly in the name of Jesus and worship together. And Psalm 119 says, This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise, God, gives me life. So we're going to hear a lot of affliction. We're going to hear of suffering today. We are all walking through trials of various kinds, but what gives us hope is that God's promise gives us life. So let's pray. God, we thank you for that, that you are above all things, that you are with us, that even in the midst of, of suffering, of trial, of even persecution of believers around the world, God, your promise gives us life. And in Jesus, we have hope. So we thank you for that this morning. We praise you. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you stand? Let's worship. We're going to sing a few songs. Then we're going to join our old Jacksonville campus. Uh, we have a special guest teacher today. Hallelujah. 
Sing with me this morning, one gift of grace. One gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer. There is no more for heaven now to give. And he is my joy, my righteousness and freedom. And my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. And to this I hold my hope is only Jesus. For my life is wholly bound to Him. No, oh, how strange and divine I can't sing. All is mine and not I, but through Christ in The night is dark, but I am not forsaken. For by my side, the Savior, He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoice. For in my need, His power is displayed. To the
truth we just sang, God, is a marker of our lives. That is, there's no good in us apart from Jesus Christ. Um, God, we're grateful. It's a gift to worship this morning. God, would we just be mindful um, of what we're talking about, God, that our brothers and sisters around the globe who proclaim the name of Jesus, God, they have different realities than the gift and freedom we get to sing with this morning. And God, would we carry that with us as we go beyond today, God, but would we be humbled by the work you're doing? We love you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Y'all have a seat. We're going to join our brothers and sisters over at Old Jacksonville. Still not. Oh, now it is. Sorry. Yeah, I've never had to turn it on before. Don't trust me with that kind of stuff. Welcome to Grace Community Church. It's one of our favorite days. Thanks so much, University Boulevard and uh, Lindale, for joining us on your simulcast. It's one of, our, one of the days that we get a chance to really focus on something beside ourselves. I'm, I'm humbled by what God's doing around the world and uh, getting a chance to meet new friends from China. Uh, and getting an opportunity for you to hear about what God's doing in places that, uh, that we wouldn't think would, uh, it's just, it just mind-boggling to see what God's doing in the nation of China. And in just a minute, you're going to hear from Dr. Bavu and to hear him share about his life and uh, grateful that the Who's are with us, Pastor Who and his wife Julie are here. Mindy is along with us. You'll get a chance to hear them pray and meet them afterwards. But Today, I want to remind us that, uh, that God has called us to something as the body of Christ, to be united together. Here's what he says in 1 Peter chapter 4. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Dr. Bob, would you join me up here? Dr. Bob Fu is uh, the president of China Aid, and uh, I, I thought I would spend a long time introducing Dr. Bob, but I think your life and what you'll say now speaks to an introduction. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Pastor Fu. Thank you, Pastor Fu. You're good. I'm good? Yeah, I'm the tech okay. guy. Well, I'm the, <laughs> the high tech is always a, ch a challenge to the low tech pastor, you know, <laughs> like me. But uh, good morning, Grace and uh, Community Church is uh, so glad to be um, with the fellow saints in Christ Jesus. Um, you are not only a church of uh, uh, grace with a, a dedicated prayer. This is the 25th year of the IDOP, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted, but also you are a church of uh, a prayerful actions. I uh, remembered uh, when 
Back to July, we were in D.C. attending the uh, International Religious Freedom Summit with Pastor Steve and uh, uh, Dina Brown from uh, the, the uh, Freedom Seekers International. I all of a sudden, of course, learned uh, uh, two young um, I mean, men and women were uh, from China. They were facing imminent life threat and uh, they need rescue. So... Here we're in D.C. I uh, don't know whether Stephen still uh, got his passport with him, and he didn't, and uh, I found out. And guess what? The next day, uh, this church commissioned him and uh, on the flight to rescue. So this year long, among 19 of uh, China aid uh, rescue, uh, uh, in- rescued individuals, uh, brothers and sisters, just uh, uh, as late as uh, two weeks ago, we just rescued another uh, Uyghur uh, Christian family. So six of them uh, has to do with grace and this community. So we're so thankful you are part of this, uh, really the ministry of the Persecuted Church already. And I want to uh, read uh, the, um, as Steve remind me, uh, the script, part of the scripture uh, today, I mean, you guys are uh, have been um, up to is in First Peter uh, chapter four, verse twelve to fourteen. Here is the word of the Lord, um, beloved. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. What's a what a beautiful part of the scripture that I uh, have been reminded again and again as uh, the ministry uh, of China Aid, uh, particularly uh, focused on walking with those persecuted brothers and sisters over the years. And when Stephen uh, mentioned uh, this is part of the scripture, uh, you have been uh, uh, kind of um, uh, learning or uh, uh, reading. I said, uh, wow, what a coincidence. Uh, I was uh, back to 1996 in May, um, uh, God's humorous uh, providence. Uh, I mean, I was uh, uh, teaching as an English uh, professor, teaching English literature, uh, English language to the Communist Party leaders in Beijing, in the Beijing Chinese Communist Party School. You couldn't find another uh, kind of uh, humor uh, in that. So by the um, end of each month, I got a full-time faculty paycheck directly from the treasurer of the Chinese Communist Party as my mission fund. Okay, and uh, because of my weekend, rest of my time, I was as busy as any pastors riding my bicycles from each uh, different university campuses in Beijing, shared the gospel, started fellowships, started house church, and essentially even started uh, underground uh, school, uh, a seminary, and uh, which led 
the discovery um, uh, of the Communist Party security agents. And uh, I still remember that day after I finished teaching that one session, I got a phone call said, uh, oh, the Beijing Public Security Bureau agents uh, want to talk with you. Well, um, that was the day, actually, in the morning before I left home. Heidi, my wife, and I, we read this part of the scripture from 1 Peter 4. And um, because we were reminded again and again, living in China, and especially ministering among the Chinese house churches, we um, always are being uh, told um, by those early church leaders, like uh, Pastor Alan Yuan, who married Heidi and I, and uh, Pastor Yang, who uh, baptized me, and they uh, always told us that if you want to be a faithful follower and servant of God in China, the first theological course you have to take it's not selective course like uh, church history or hermeneutics or, you know, apologetics. Maybe uh, hermeneutics we shouldn't ignore. <laughs> and, uh, but the first uh, must-take course in China is called prison theology. Very plain, right? Just uh, need to study your life, the richness of God in prison. So prison theology I remember Heidi and I were, I mean, knowing that Pastor uh, Alan Yuan spent over 22 years for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even after 22 years, he was released. He still has another 10 years in Beijing without an ID. That means he cannot even travel outside of Beijing under house arrest. And Pastor Yang spent uh, over 16 years imprisonment purely for the name of Christ. It's not only just insulted, it's being in the dark prison, re-education camps. And so we were young, you know, in our faith, and um, we said, okay, Lord, um, just give us uh, three years to prepare for the prison theology, we are a little bit weak and, you know, in flesh and uh, give us a little a bit preparation. And then, yeah, from 1996, I started my uh, Communist Party school uh, kind of a t- uh, professor uh, kind of teaching career, 1996, exactly third year, the three years. Here we go, a group of uh, uh, Communist Party uh, secured agents just went to us and uh, uh, threw both of us uh, into a prison in Beijing. And we just uh, took a, kind of a little intensive course of the prison theology. And, um, but, man, uh, I mean, not 19 years, not 22 years. And uh, it was a two-month intensive course. And, but this uh, scripture just uh, become live. Like, really... You know, that, that, that uh, how can you, like, experience that, um, re- that joy, that, uh, that uh, gladness, and that the glory, the spirit of glory and of God actually 
And much of the history of the church in China, especially under the Chinese Communist Party's rule, in the, is through persecution. It is really in this、um, part of、uh, the prison theology and the experience, the tremendous, unspeakable joy of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. And in the past few years, I mean, under this new leader called Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, and he launched at least three wars, I call it the war against the cross, the war against the church, the war against the children, especially children's access to the scripture. I mean, at least over 3,000 of church crosses were being forcefully demolished. Torn down and burnt from the rooftop of the church building. Look at that! It's、um, it's most of them, ironically, happened in the government-sanctioned, legally registered, state-owned, supposedly state-owned churches. And some pastors, even some government-sanctioned pastors, were even sentenced to twelve years, eighteen years. Imprisonment for refusing to take down their cross from the rooftop of the church building, and according to our、uh, own investigation, almost 100 percent of the Chinese house churches, which means they're not registered, they're independent, they only honor Jesus Christ as the only Lord and Savior above the church. 100 percent, everyone, hundreds of thousands of them, had been under persecution, one way or another. And today we even have a few of their of church leaders and、uh, Pastor Hu and Pastor Julie, his wife, and uh, and uh, Cindy uh, Mindy, yeah Mindy, and Mindy actually, I mean, just came last September, like.、Uh, Three days later, after she came, her whole church was being raided. Actually, they have her name basically, and after arrested her other pastor leaders in the church and interrogating them, and、um, Pastor Hu and、uh, Julie, when the last time they were in China engaging the leadership training. As long as soon as their flight landed in Shanghai, over 50 military police, 50, 50, surrounded the airplane and went to all the way to the airplane and and escorted them out because they are already American citizens. They were kicked out of China, and for simply for the gospel ministries. So this is happening, of course. It's all over China, from Beijing to Hainan Island, from Jiangsu Province, Zhejiang, the Jerusalem of China, called to、uh, even as far as West Xinjiang.、Um, some of you may have heard in Xinjiang, the Communist Party is committing a genocide. A genocide. The Pentagon estimated between one to three million. This. Predominantly ethnic Uyghur, Uyghur, and Kazakh, and even some Christian uh, uh, kind of uh, 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 Han Chinese, are currently 
in the modern day concentration camp. Concentration camp. Again. And so this is uh, uh, happening basically the, the, in the past few years. We can summarize the religious persecution, especially the persecution against Christians, has entered into the worst time since the time of Cultural Revolution. For the first time, we have seen, of course, uh, this uh, government-organized, massive kind of a church uh, uh, torn down, cross demolition since the Cultural Revolution. For the first time since the Cultural Revolution, we see this uh, parents and, are, and the children, I mean, they are, by law, in many cities, encouraged to, to report, to betray their faith. Basically, to report their faith, you can get a monetary incentive up to uh, 100,000 equivalent U.S. dollars to report a so-called illegal evangelist. Illegal so-called religious activities. That means state is not approved. Well, the first time you have seen since 1960s in the government-sanctioned church, you have to put the portraits of Chairman Mao and Chairman Xi Jinping on the pulpit, on both sides of that little cross. The last time it happened was in 1933 in Nazi Germany in the Lutheran Church. Except some house church leaders take a closer look said it looked a little bit uh, a biblical picture because uh, the last time there was two guys were being hanged on both sides of Jesus when Jesus was crucified was two robbers, two thieves. So we need to give our some more earnestness to pray for President Xi Jinping because he's the only one still has a chance. We know where the other guy who is looking up, right, from somewhere. But this is happening in China. But this is the persecuted church. This is the dynamic body of Christ. Are they defeated? Are they being like a grumpy? Are they like... A, you know, try to organize uh, like uh, armed resistance or even political uh, resistance. No. Actually, their most beautiful resistance is from the scripture said, well, this is expecting. Nothing is strange because from the early century when Peter and Paul said that, and uh, be prepared, and uh, if anyone who live a godly life in Christ Jesus he will be persecuted. There's no exception. It, it, it does not say, oh, if you have First Amendment, a beautiful American constitution, you will be spared, spared from persecution. I think it's just a matter of time, right? Some of you, even in Canada or California, fortunately in Texas, we have a little bit less, but we all experience this uh, in the name of uh, so-called COVID-19, we call it CCP, Chinese Communist Party virus. CCP virus. With millions, of course, right? But the Chinese church, that's how they see it. They said, okay, this is expected, and this is not strange, and they rejoice in the sufferings 
with Christ. And this is uh, what they expressed, like uh, Pastor John Tao, who was sentenced to seven years imprisonment for setting up 16 schools for 2,000 children. After one year at his school, all the children have come to Christ. Of course, the devil is not happy. Seven years as a Chinese America, Chinese American. Here's what he wrote from his prison. I just read one small part. He said, you can take away my freedom, but you can't take my prayers. My prayers have wings and lips over the iron mesh high wall. Many brothers and sisters have heard them, including Greek community today. And they fly freely every day and reach the heaven on the blue sky. You can impose heavy punishment on me, but you can't hold my soul and spirit. It is like a cheerful yellow bird gently prays to the iron gate. My Savior must have heard my voice. It's just that uh, we just published, um, so you can go get it from, through Amazon. And uh, you think Pastor John Hall feel defeated or despair and, um, you know, kind of grumpy? No, actually he felt more freedom. I mean, I sometimes feel like these prisoners in the four walls of prison, actually the kind of unspeakable joy they have demonstrated are jealous to me. And actually, they really experience the Christ suffering and see the glory of God. If you, they know, if you, they are in chain, in prison, um, if they are out of prison, they can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they are inside the prison, the prison has become the gospel field. I remember when I was uh, thrown into prison, of course, uh, the first after three days and nights, nonstop uh, torture, and uh, they put, pushed me into that prison cell with 20, 30 prisoners. So we were asked to like, sit like this every day for 12, 18 hours, staring, like, uh, lined up like Chinese dumplings, 20, 30 prisoners. And uh, I said, ready, set, go. You know that song, right? Give thanks to the Lord. That's my prison choir, how it started. And then, of course, uh, the Communist Party prison guard uh, took me and, uh, to, to the office said, this is the holy ground of the Communist Party. You can't preach a superstitious message. And then he turned on the electric shock baton. So I went back. Of course, I mean, said, uh, well, we are created by this creative creator. So let's start another way in our prison choir. I said, so I already said, go. So not only my prison cell, but the whole uh, column of the prison, we can hear the echoing. 
And by the end of the second month, uh, before I was released, every prisoner regarded me, called me as their spiritual counselors. So that's how the prison theology, when the Communist Party took power, there's only less than one million Christians in China. Uh, Seventy years later, after nonstop persecution, today, according to the conservative estimate, at least the number of Christians in China had reached to over 100 to 130 million. Praise the Lord. Let the Lord be hands. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. May the Lord continue to bless all of you. I, I hope you got that. So church, uh, we do this every first Sunday of November where we commit to praying for the persecuted church, where we just so you know what we're, we're going to use our freedoms and steward them well um, to make sure we're praying for our brothers and sisters in christ throughout the world that are suffering as a result of trusting jesus and so this is a stewardship for us this is an ownership where we take a moment and today we're going to focus on praying seeking god's face on behalf of them um, some things to consider um you know bob fu is with China Aid. One of the partners that they have is Freedom Seekers. They um, really work in conjunction with one another, taking care of particular um, Chinese followers of Christ and, and kind of saving them and doing rescue efforts. And then Freedom Seekers kind of helps get them established. And so Freedom Seekers is actually in our commons today, two of the representatives. And so if you want to ask questions and find out more about what they do, you can ask them after the service. What we want to do is we want to take time praying. We're going to pray for three countries, but we also want to kind of frame this as an opportunity for us as followers of Christ to steward our freedoms well. Whether it's you going on the website um, of Open Doors or, or maybe it's looking at um, basically the voice of the martyrs and just looking and seeing how you can rightly pray for followers of Christ throughout the world. There's also um, Operation World as a book that gets updated frequently, that gives updated statistics as to what's happening in other countries. And that is a way that you can kind of walk through with your family and praying for specific, um, in, in specific ways for believers throughout the world. So there's that. But what we're going to do now is we're going to give you three of these prayer requests and we're going to pray through them. I'm going to pray aloud, but I would ask that as I'm praying aloud that you would pray um, quietly and just have a moment. And first we're going to just really spend time focusing, praying on believers in Christ in China. So let's do that together. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for this privilege we get where we can imagine in our mind's eye, what it would be like for brothers and sisters where they are right now on an early Monday who are experiencing persecution, whether fearing outside of their door or in a concentration camp, wherever they are, Father, we can imagine how they're feeling, how they're thinking, and we can only imagine, but the, the thing that I take most, honestly, Lord, got confidence and just 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 fills me so much, Lord, to know that you don't have to imagine what they're going through. You know. 
You're present with them. Your spirit is guiding them. Your spirit is granting comfort. And so, Father, I pray that you would just help them, continue to establish them in their faith, Lord God, that they would know and trust you and follow you despite what they're enduring. Lord God, that you would give the church leaders their wisdom and discernment and guidance as they lead congregations under um, increased restrictions and surveillance. Father, that you would um, just be present with them and just really help them, um, protect them from harm, but Lord God, help them maintain their desire to be witnesses for you. And Father, for the leadership there in that country and for those that are persecuting, I just pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would soften their hearts and help them see and understand rightly the work of your gospel and how it is for them too. That you would just draw them to faith and repentance. That you would do this work using the faithfulness of your followers there as a testimony of your goodness. Lord, we praise you for this. Do an incredible work in Jesus' name. Amen.
take a moment and and pray for Afghanistan. They are number two on the world watch list. We have been praying for them as a, as a church for a couple months now. Let me just read this about them. In Afghanistan, living openly as a Christian is impossible. Christian converts face dire consequences in their new faith um, if it's discovered. Essentially, converts have two options. They could flee the country or risk being killed. If their family discovers um, their conversion, the family, clan, or tribe must save its honor by disowning the believer or even killing them. Christians from Muslim, a Muslim background can also be sent to a psychiatric hospital because for them leaving Islam is considered insanity. So here are the three ways that we want to pray for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. We want to pray for protection for the small percentage of Afghani believers, praying for anyone who might be hunting um, down secret Afghan Christians that they would not discover them. We want to pray that despite their isolation, that Afghan believers um, would be strengthened in their faith and that they would find safe ways to access God's word and communicate with other believers. And we want to pray that God would be at work in the hearts of Islamic extremists such as the Taliban and ISIS. The thing I, I want us to, to come away with today like really is a sense of ownership, not shame, ownership. 
thanking God for his provision of a grace to put us in a place like America where we do have these freedoms. And there are times, if we're honest, that we take for granted those freedoms. And what we want to be is good stewards of that. That we are elect exiles in this place, in this time, but we have a dramatic responsibility of stewarding this freedom for praying for Sending, going, caring, doing what it takes for our brothers and sisters throughout the world. And so for a moment, let's pray for those in Afghanistan. Father, in Jesus' name, I I praise you so much just for your faithfulness. Lord, I pray for those that have trusted you in Afghanistan. Lord God, I pray that you would... Help them know right here, right now. Give them, honestly, like even a physical sense of warmth and comfort that in the midst of this situation that they find themselves in, that you would let them know that they are not alone. And Father, I pray that you would just be with them, protect them, Lord God, guard them, show them ways of your kindness and provision. And Father, I pray that you would use their example that you would soften the heart of the Taliban, the ISIS, and any other people that mean them harm. The Lord God, that you would do an uncommon work of softening their hearts and drawing them to you as you did with the Apostle Paul. Lord God, bring light to this darkness. We trust you with these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Addiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul.
Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. It's Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, and Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the dark. Ten years ago, I had the opportunity to go on my first foreign mission trip. And one of the passages of Scripture that, that really stood out to me, that was really, just blessed me, was in Revelation 7. It, it's a scene before the Lord, a scene of praise, of worship. And it talks about there are people from all tribes, all nations, all languages before the throne. And what I... Just imagine, this is just my small imagination. Just thinking about the people, the brothers and sisters in Christ that we are praying for today, that one day we will be beside them. Singing to the same Jesus who who came and lived sinlessly and died on the cross for us. And we get to be right next to the brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and from China. And as we're about to pray in North Korea, like to think about that. Just frame that for a second. We get to be part of that. And so I just want to, for a second, just keep that in view. One of the things that we aim to do at Grace is we aim to be good stewards of God's mercy, um, the generosity of the gifts that are given through our church, whether it's through the way that you serve, but also the way you give. And at this time, what we just want to do is just pray for our time of offering. Um, there are a variety of ways. It's unique in this season still, but if you would like to give, you can give 
through the app. If, if you haven't downloaded it yet, please download the app. There's a lot of things, ways that we communicate with the church body through the app. So there's that. Also the website. You can give through the website. You can um, text to give. And then you can also send it in the mail. And there's also a box in the back on the wall there behind um, John, one of our, basically our lead usher. And so if you could just put that there. Let me pray for it. And then we'll continue. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bless the giving. Bless the offering. Use it. Lord God, help us be good stewards of that, not just ministering across the world, but also ministering next door. Lord, I am so grateful that we get to be used in this way of making a difference past us. Be glorified in this. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things I want us to continue to pray for our brothers and sisters throughout the world, despite the varying levels of persecution that they may be enduring, is in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, where Paul, after he's given this incredible theological treatise of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he says this in light of that as a response, he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This last part, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. The thing I, I want you to catch here is that it's not talking about the different strengths of contribution. Well, that person gave a lot. That person is super gifted this way, and this person's this. And I'm only giving just a little bit. Hey, in the hands of God, who knows what he could do? And what we want to be is faithful stewards of if it's a lot or a little, what we want to do is say, Lord, here's what I've got. Use it. And what it says there is that it is not in vain, which means God in his grace and his spirit will steward your offering, steward your labor for the glory of his name. So in light of that, be steadfast, be immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. Again, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Now we focus our attention on North Korea. It is number one on the world watch list. For believers being discovered as a Christian is a death sentence in North Korea. If you aren't killed instantly, you will be taken to a labor camp as a political criminal. These inhumane prisons have horrific conditions and few believers make it out alive. Everyone in your family will share the same punishment. Kim Jong-un is reported to have expanded the system of prison camps in which an estimated 50 to 70,000 Christians are currently imprisoned. So here are three ways that we pray. We pray for North Korea's secret believers that God would continue to strengthen them, continue to provide their needs, their needs and keep them safe. We want to pray for the believers who are in prison. Despite the risk, we have heard stories of believers sharing the gospel with others, even in North Korean prison camps. And we want to pray for believers that they will shine as lights in the darkest places on earth, and again, it is my dream that one day I get to see the, the, the outworking of our faithfulness and prayer and intercession, intercession on their behalf that one day that God would soften the hearts of even those who have been persecuting them. That an uncommon work of restoration and repentance will take place in their life. 
Because if God's grace can save me, he can save them. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I praise you so much for this gospel. This gospel that's not limited to the United States of America. Lord God, that this gospel is not bound by a language, by a people group. Lord God, it is an example of your sovereign hand and your grace that is boundless, transcendent. And we get to participate in that. And so, Father, we pray for the followers of Christ in North Korea. Lord, those that have trusted you, that depend on you, we just pray that you would take care of their needs, that you would remind them of your presence and power with them. Father, for those in the labor camps, we pray that you would give them uncommon courage as they aim to share the gospel with others that are there. Lord God, that they would be a community of followers of Jesus Christ, sharing, encouraging, spurring one another on to love and good works, even while in confinement. Remind them, as we need to be reminded quite often, that this world is not our home. Help them see that. Take comfort in that and know that. And Lord, I pray that they would be examples of light in the darkest places. And Father, that your spirit would use their witness to soften the hearts of those near them. That you would draw them to yourself. And you would receive the glory. Because you alone deserve it. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Of Jesus, oh, shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. It's Jesus for my family. I'll speak the holy name of Jesus. Last week, um, we prayed for a few of our brothers who left um, last Sunday morning to go serve in Houma, Louisiana with Samaritan's Purse. They went and helped with four um, homes and just mud outs and putting tarp um, on the roofs. And they just had an opportunity to minister in an uncommon way. And we praise God that an extension of grace was there. It, what's great is it's not just the work of God, you know, on the, you know, the Asian continent, it's the work of God even here. 
And we continue to be part of that um, in, in a variety of ways. And again, as followers of Jesus, and what I love about our, our church, there's so many great things I love about it, but like there's so many incredible ministries like Sky Ranch that are, that are part of our church. Ministries like Mercy Ships and YWAM and JAMA. I mean, just that we're part of. We have brothers and sisters in Christ that are part of World Vision that are in our fellowship, people that are part of the uh, basically Wycliffe Bible trans, translators in our church. And so as they go and serve, we're part of that. This is crazy to me. And so um, what we have this upcoming week is the Puck and Cindy John are going to Metairie, Louisiana to be chaplains with Samaritan's Purse for those that uh, had experienced damage there. And so if you guys would come up and, and what we do, we, just kind of our, our rhythm, just kind of a silly thing we try to do when we have somebody that's going to serve, um, we want to just invite you to take a picture of them and to make it your home screen. So that when you open your phone to text um, or to order something to eat or whatever you do on your phones, um, that you would see their faces and you would be reminded to pray for them. So this is the Puck and Cindy John. Again, they're going to be chaplains. They're going to be able to share the gospel with people in, in hard places. And so if you want to just pull out your phones, go and snap a quick photo of them. Maybe it's just put it somewhere, maybe not on your home screen, but some way that, that you can remember to pray for them. So go ahead and grab a, a shot. It could be super um, blurry. Um, I don't know how that works, but you want to knock that out. And, and let's pray for him real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for the puck. And, and Cindy, Lord God, I praise you for just their, their commitment to you. I praise you for the heart you've given them to share your love with other people. Give them opportunities, Lord God. Bless their efforts. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I had the privilege last night of being with some of our elders um, from all of our campuses, and we were together just casting vision, praying about what the call of being and making a disciple is about, and some of the leaders that we have in our church um, with them. And I, I got home. It was, you know, just a few minutes um, after I'd gotten home, I was catching this football game where we barely won. Uh, we as in the good guys, Clemson. Um, it's been a really hard season. Um, and one of my brothers, who's a friend who goes to church here, called me, and he just said, hey, this is what happened, and he kind of replays it, and he typed it out for me. He says, I had dinner tonight with a couple, and he's at this Open Doors event in Arizona. He says, with a couple from a very dangerous place in the Middle East. He says, they serve and minister in the ultimate area of persecution right now. The husband told me, he says, that one of the greatest luxuries they have, that this couple has, is a Bible. Would you consider your greatest luxury right now your Bible? That's what he said. Most people in his community don't know how to read, so often one person will read out the Bible to others that gather. They risk their lives to be part of this. In fact, they cancel other plans like birthday parties also so that they can be together when the Bible is read aloud. He said they are willing to die for Jesus. He just hopes that Christians here will live for him. He says, it's, well, my friend said this. He says, it struck me that it is often like pulling teeth or a chore for most of us in our culture to read our Bibles. 
that we're often, often collecting dust on, our, on, our, on top of our Bibles on some shelf in our house. We are too distracted. We're too apathetic. We're just lazy to develop our relationship with God through his word. Not only are many of us not living for Christ, we don't even know how to live for him because we don't even know his word. So he tells his friend this that's been under persecution, and his friend says this. His friend told him, I will pray for your church. This guy under severe persecution who is having his life threatened his most luxurious item that he owns is his Bible, is praying for us. Let that sink in. And he said, I'm praying this scripture over them. And this is from Revelation chapter 3. This is, you know, Jesus to the church at Sardis. But I want you to see this, where he says, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. And strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what hour I will come against you. So church, we need to wake up. We have brothers and sisters on other places on the planet that are praying that we would experience the the type of love and value for God's word that they do. And I think, here's what I think, with all that I am, it would transform us. It would transform our city, our community. It would transform marriages. It would transform friendships. It would change things. And so may we be faithful as followers of Jesus Christ, staying steady in his word. And if we don't understand it, then we'll be part of a community of other people that are studying God's word as well. And we will submit our lives, even if we don't like what it says, to God's word. Because sometimes what God's word tells us to do isn't what we want to do or what we want to stop doing. But it's God's word. It's authoritative. It's perfect. And here's the thing. You may be thinking, well, I don't even have a Bible. Well, glad you asked. We have them right in the back. You just grab one on your way out. You can be sneaky about it. Find some sneaky way to grab it. Or you can just say, hey, John, will you hand me a Bible? And John will hand you a Bible. Um, But either way, that you would grab that and own that and study it and be a good steward of owning a Bible. Church, it is our joy that we get to serve alongside of you. We love you. We're grateful for you. Have a great week in Jesus' name.